Hello everybody, welcome to Late Night Football, welcome to our first match day preview show of the season. Actually, it's, uh, yeah, we didn't do one last week, uh, but we're doing one today. Uh, and uh, we've got the dream team back again, sort of. Uh, we've got uh, Gaurav from the show. Gaurav, welcome. It's nice to see you again. Thank you, Rich. It's always good to be on the show. Yeah, it's your first show for the new season, so it's, it's great to have you. And uh, yeah, hopefully the first of many. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's I don't know, isn't it? Gaurav comes after Holland scores two goals because he really wants to talk about that. That's what he wants to yeah, <laughs> And then we've got Kaneya as well on the show. Kaneya, welcome back. Nice to have you again. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and then let's get into it. Let's, let's get right into it. And actually, you know what? We'll start off with uh, with, with you, Kanaya, because uh, this is something that, uh, um, you know, it's something on my mind as well. I'm sure it's on a lot of people mind, people's minds. Are we in a new era of, of, of like top strikers? This is a season of top strikers. Because think about it, you've got Erling Haaland, you've got Darwin Nunez, you've got Harry Kane, you mean son, and you've also got uh, Gabriel Jesus. You've got five top strikers. Uh, maybe Chelsea might sign one. But uh, at the moment, at least you've got five top strikers that are, that might that you could say could all be genuine contenders for the Golden Boot this season. Well, I don't remember the last three you said, but definitely the top, the first Kane, two. Son that, and uh, Jesus, come on. Exactly, but that kind of thing. They they are almost like forgotten now, and nobody's actually talking about them. And the only talk in the like nobody's even looking at that. Spurs scored four, and Kane didn't score one. Uh, Son and didn't score one, and mm-hmm. you know, and Jesus is the most. Talked about that didn't score a goal, but then here comes Holland and here come Nunes, and they're like on fire already. Uh, so yeah, definitely we're in a very it's a, it's a league of its own right now in my mind. Um, and you know the 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 whole hype around being around Holland just gives it a little more, just makes it a little more kind of enticing to watch how Nunes does because though nobody's talking about him, but he's just like he just quietly came on and changed the game. Uh, even like for a struggling Liverpool in that match, to be to be frank, but then Holland did what Holland does. Like his 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 pace is just his biggest, uh, or his size and everything. His biggest attribute. But then just with that whole, like he's huge, and then he's still able to accelerate and leaving the defense for the dust in a way, and opening up his body and scoring. That was just beautiful to watch. But I I would just say like this league has just now suddenly become the most enticing, at least in the forward business. Uh, it's just like too good, too good to be like ignore. Like all of them are, and and that's amazing for us as fans, but also for the for these players individually because you know the main thing also is like not for not for Holland, like he's not in the World Cup, but then all the others will be representing their countries at the World Cup as well. So, like, what's the pressure like? How are they going to cope up with it, cope with it, and so on? So, and 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 these are like Holland and Nunes are the new ones, but then Kane. Uh, Son and then Jesus are like the known properties in uh, in in the in the Premier League. So that's very interesting to watch. And I'm like I'm it's it's mouth watering to be actually just talking about these five at the at different clubs playing playing the best that yeah. they that we have seen. Yeah. And for those you know somebody might be going and talking I mean, for the two people the, the people that watch the show they might go well you missed a few people I know I missed Salah. I know I miss Diaz. I think he's talking about strikers. I do count Son as a striker because I think him and Kane play as strikers, even though they generally Son sometimes plays a winger. But I do, I do see him as a striker. But yeah, no, you still got Salah, you got Diaz, you got maybe, uh, you got a few uh, supporting cast members as well. You got Tony, you've got uh, Mitrovic as well. I don't think they're going to win the Golden Group, but you still got those guys as well hovering in and around. So you've got. You got Kulzevsky. Well, yeah, Gulusas is a winger, though. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you could count him as well if you wanted to. Um, yeah, I mean, you got a lot there, a lot of forward talent for this season on show. I mean, it's almost like a 
I mean, a couple of years ago, it was the defenders and, and fullbacks. Now it looks like it's the forwards. It's like uh, the Premier League keeps finding ways to reinvent itself and, and they make uh, certain positions more exciting. It definitely is. If, if you look at all the teams, I think almost all the teams have, you know, two top players and they're forward like, I mean, most of the team. Yeah, 19 out of 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, 18, 18. I, I, I'm still not sure about Nottingham Forest. So, 18 out of 20. I would say. But they're going to sign yeah. somebody at least in the They signed 14 one. players. They signed 14 players over here. 14 players. I just started class here. You know, yeah, Leicester are still yet to sign one. They're almost getting close to signing one. Nottingham signed 14. But anyway, sorry, I didn't have to go out of here. Go ahead. 18 <laughs> out of 20. Yeah. So. Yeah, 18 out of 20. And, you, you know, if you look on the paper, I think Spurs have the, you know, could be controversial, but I think they have the best front three in the league right now. And I mean, City have Haaland, oh but... Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, no, that's just... Gotta be just... Gotta jinx it. Yeah, we edit this. Oh, out. Yeah. I'm gonna edit this. Wow. No, no really. Out. You know, if you look at Son, uh, Son uh, Kane, and then Kulsevsky, for City, you have Haaland, but you don't really have, you know, top, top player to complement him. I mean, we have Mahrez and... Foden. What has he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mahrez, Foden. Foden. You've got Mahrez, Foden. You've got Mahrez, Foden. You've got, uh, well, I mean, if you want to come to Bernardo. Bernardo plays more of a midfield role. Alvarez. You've got Alvarez. He's still unproven, right? I mean, he's an international player. He's got 70 goals in the Argentinian league. Like, come on. He's an Argentinian international. Football is going to be a starter for England. Yeah, but is he as good as Swan? I wouldn't say that. You know, or any of them. Okay, go ahead. Let me ask you. Are you Nishikant in disguise? Because I need to ask you. <laughs> Nishikant in disguise. Are you Sudhant in disguise? This is like this is just Chelsea fan talking. Like this is Chelsea fan 2020. Not really. I'm not just saying City. I think even Liverpool. I mean, they have uh, Salah. They have Nunes. I can, I can very, see Liverpool. Okay, they might be on par with City. But on par, I can say yes. I don't think Spurs are a better forward line than City. But anyway, sorry. Yes. That's why. That's why I said you know it might be a controversial opinion. But I think they have the you know on paper they have the best front three. But there are some gaps in their squad. You know, their midfield is not as good as you. If compare them to, especially City. But yeah, definitely, you know, it's it's going to be a really, really exciting season with all the, you know, top, top forwards playing for most of the teams. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that'll be an exciting season if you're a fan of certain clubs. But since we talk about Phil Foden, let me ask you this question. What do you think is his best position at Manchester City? Because... I mean, I know people talk about Haaland and De Bruyne and all that. But I always wonder what is Phil Foden's best position because he's played on the. He started the last game on the right. He's played as a false nine. He's played on the left. I, I have my opinion on that, but I just want to know what. What do you think is Phil Foden's best position right now for Manchester City? Uh, for me, I think he plays the best when he plays on the left wing. You know, he provides that width. He has that pace. He has. He you know, his acceleration is really, really good, and he also tries to you know always wants to take on the defenders. So I think that. Uh, left wing position is the best for him, but I can see him moving to midfield, you know, in a couple of seasons when he, you know, matures a little bit more. Yeah, I think so. I think he will probably be a central midfielder maybe in a few three years. But I do believe right now it's left the left wing that is his best position because as interesting as and we talk about inverted wingers, right? You know, so you think he would be both right wing? Do you feel that he's too left footed? I always get the feeling that he's too left footed to be a right winger because he just. Because you know when you are when you are an inverted winger, sometimes you need to cut in a right just to keep things going. But he just feels like he's too he's too left footed. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if you feel. I just feel that he's too left footed. Uh, so therefore, he's that kind of, but then but then that's what Pep does, right? He kind of puts people in a very like them like the players themselves in a very uncomfortable position. Like who would have like Grealish is playing on the left and Foden's playing on the right? I'm like, 
like did people look at the starting 11 the opposite way or stuff what what happened here because but then that's how pep is pep likes to develop players in that sense they he likes to push them in a in a fashion which allows them to grow because it's just going to benefit the player and also gives pep the options to move and rotate around like like it it's not that he does not allow foden to go on the left and grealish to come on the right they do they do kind of change every 15 20 minutes like if if the momentum is not there if they're not able to create a lot they do keep moving players around then so but but then foden is like he has he is a proven goal scorer eventually like he he can play anywhere on that pitch in the in the front three or like as a as a midfield on, on the on the right or also num- the false number 10 like in a way nine. he has played that false number 9 he has played that position and he can you know pitch in for de bruyne sometimes or uh, and that that's 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 what Foden brings to City. Yeah, I, I just want to talk about Grealish. I almost feel like he played the right to accommodate Grealish on the left. That's what I think. And therefore, then the question is, does he drop him from Maris? Because I think Grealish should be dropped from Maris for the next game at least. I think. I don't know if he'll do it. I think Pep's stubborn enough to try to make it work, but uh, we'll see what happens. I want to. Can I say a false ten? What is a false ten? Is is he a, is he a defensive midfielder? Is he a defensive midfielder who is he a number ten who then drops into a defensive midfielder? Is that what a false ten is? I wonder. Anyway, let me know what you think in the comments. What a false ten would be. Uh, what, what is more amazing in in this city is to bring on like the last match we saw again West Ham. We had Cancelo, and like Cancelo was almost in the midfield. He was playing next to Rodri. So mm-hmm. we are now talking about inverted defenders, not even fullbacks. <laughs> No, the, yeah. but, then, but then it's more actively being used. So, that, so I'm like, this was just amazing to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what if football would be a thing? Sorry, yeah, I, th- I think Pep, uh, you know, did that to nullify the. I, I mean, West Ham were playing really, really compact. So, you know, the only way to break that kind of defense, and they were really organized as well. So, the only way to break that kind of defense is if you have really good wide wingers, which we don't really have. I mean, we have inverted wingers right now. So, or other thing is you could. You know, ask your fullbacks to come more compact. So basically, they have the defenders yeah. and their fullbacks have to go out of position. So that yeah, leaves a little bit of space on the wings. Yeah, it's probably an overload in midfield. So I mean, I mean we spoke about that game, and I just I, I was a little bit disappointed with how West Ham approached that game because they almost seemed to like seed the initiative to City and really do whatever you want. Um, you know, as long as you don't score. Um, it was a weird game to watch. But anyway, we'll move on from City. We've got other things to talk about as well. Um. Kanyan, do you think Cristiano Ronaldo will start the next game against Benford? Do you think he should? Do you think he will? If he does, out of that front four, um, talking Ericsson, Bruno, Rashford, and Sancho, who do you think comes out of that front four if Ronaldo does start? I think Rashford comes out, in my mind. Um, I think Rashford is a clear uh, one. And, like Sancho didn't do amazing, but then Sancho didn't was not center, like was not on the left where the chances were almost created. So I think Ronaldo. If Ronaldo comes in, and I think Ronaldo will have will start this game, uh, because you know I think he's just slow because of his you know the personal issues and so on, and starting the preseason pretty late. So getting the forty five minutes in, I think uh, Ten Hag was pretty happy with him, and he has made like he has to he has to had to make peace with the fact that he's not leaving, uh, and he's going to be here. Uh, but the, so I think he starts now. Um, Rashford needs to get, or oh, I think will be dropped. Uh, but then that's that's an easy switch. Like till Martial doesn't come back, I think that's what Eric Ten Hag will be playing around with. But then when Martial comes back, he and he realizes how amazing he is, uh, then he will, might have to do something more. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, would you take off Rashford uh, from now, or would you take someone else off? Now that front four, I guess. Definitely Rashford. I think he missed a couple of chances in the last game, and 
I think he looked uh, both him and uh, Marshall looked good in the preseason games, but don't know what happened. They what stopped really playing B teams and they started playing A teams. That's what happened. <laughs> they stopped playing the B teams and the C teams. That that's what happened. Um, you know what? Conventional wisdom does say that we Bruno Fernandez because Bruno I thought was was abysmal in that game. And I think you you look at maybe Ericsson and Bruno were the number ten and nine right in that game. So you probably want to take one of them off. You can't take off Ericsson. You should probably take off Bruno. I would agree that Marcus Rashford being taken off because that that would be my pick as well. Take Marcus Rashford off. Play Bruno on the left because you, you he just looks he just doesn't look like he wants to be there. Plus with all the PSG stuff happening. What I think could happen now that I think about it is he might take off McTominay and go, right, I'm going to play a three of Bruno, Ericsson, and Fred. Yeah. And then I'll that is, that's what I was going to say, right? You yeah. Know, that, maybe that's United a... or shift to a 4 3 3, like, you know, similar sort of formation that City play. Yeah, possibly. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's been trying to play a 4 3 3, 4 2 3 1 hybrid anyway. I think I might just switch to a 4 3 3. I don't know if that's, that's, that's the solution. And that, that might be an easy one to do as well. You take McTominay, bring him back to Ronaldo, you do that. Um, but yeah, whatever he does, though, I. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird. Again, I don't want to make it a, a United-centric show, but it'd be interesting to see how he starts uh, tomorrow because uh, whatever he's got to pick the right team because uh, people will just get upset otherwise. So, yeah, that could be an option. So now that I think about it, they got McDominay bring in Ronaldo. Um, will he want to take off McFred? I don't know. I don't know. Let me know in the comments what do you think. Yeah, it's just, uh, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, we'll carry on, though. Um, Chelsea against Spurs. That's a big game, obviously, uh, for this uh, weekend. It's on Sunday. And um, we saw Chelsea were a little bit, uh, I mean, they got, I, I thought they were lucky to get the three points. I don't know what you think about it. I just thought they were lucky to get the three points. Um, Spurs did pretty well, got a nice four goals. Do you think Spurs can make a statement if they beat Chelsea? Being like, yeah, we're going to get top four, maybe even even be like dark, you know, sort of like the best of the rest kind of a team. Do you think that is a, it's an opportunity for Spurs to make that statement if they, if they beat Chelsea? I know it's very early, but... Uh... Yeah, it definitely is. I think, uh, you know... Spurs have a really, really good team right now and they've got some depth as well. Plus, they also have a really good manager. You know, the hype around Arsenal this season because of the signings they've made and uh, the way they have been playing in the preseason, I think Spurs have gone under the radar. I think they are a really, really good team. And if you compare their team to Chelsea right now, I think Chelsea have a lot of holes to fill right now in their team. I think they need at least three, four more signings. Uh, it's definitely, it's not going to happen. But at least, I, I think they need a striker because... Uh, Pulisic is also, I think, he's on his way out. There are rumors about him leaving as well. Yeah, as well. Werner, yeah. as well. has left. They literally are. If they think they are going to depend on Sterling for goal, scoring goals, then. <laughs> they somebody, think, somebody thinks he's worth more than he's, 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 that. He's the biggest, lo- uh, you know, most key player for for, uh, for City in the last five years. That's what somebody thinks. But uh, a point of reference there. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Sterling is is probably not the one to rely on, is it, for goals? Um, and I think he's sort of player who plays. Uh, he, I mean, he's at his best when he's playing alongside a really good forward. Even when he was at City, he played really when he was, you know, when he was playing alongside Aguero on the drive in or the if the or the left wing. But Chelsea don't have a player like Aguero or even any stri- proven striker right now, so that could be an issue. Yeah, yeah. Somebody got a text. Says, is there a transfer rumor coming around? No, on the phone now. Somebody's phoning out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, can I, I mean, the Toys took his strikers. I'm just getting for Aubameyang. I know it's not a transfer show, but the for Aubameyang, does it feel like the sort of profile that you want to have? Barcelona will probably like going, well, we're going to de- get 10 million pounds for a player that we signed for free. Um, is that the kind of profile of striker that Chelsea need at the moment? It's and not about yeah. what, it's not about, it's it's again going back to what Tuchel said, basically. He knows him, but, and he can, like, he, and there's a relationship. Right now, Sterling can't score goals alone, and that's that's known. Uh, Chelsea is in a kind of a rebuild. They they will they they will struggle this season to kind of get their act together. 
So I think the Spurs-Chelsea game is pretty much nailed on Spurs winning. It's just about how much in my mind. But then the, the main thing is Aubameyang is known to Tuchel. Tuchel knows him. He trusts him in a way. And, you know, Aubameyang wants to prove Arsenal fans wrong. He basically wants to be like, hey, you let go of an amazing striker. He is an amazing striker. But then it's 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 what, like, there are three weeks left in the market. Or like, yeah. Uh, but they're not talking to a lot of players now. They're, like, the market is now settling down in a way. The deals that were supposed to happen, the big ones, have been done by the big clubs, like, without without a hassle or something, but then the ones that are still up in the air with Barcelona leading the pack of kind of being up in the air and talking still, I think it's it, it's not about it doesn't make sense. It's just about they Tuchel needs a striker and Aubameyang gives him that out-and-out striker who he can play with Sterling. And I think at this moment, they need that more than kind of looking at who is the future um, well, leading. At the present as well. There surely must be strikers in the present who would be better than Aubameyang. But anyway, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, they have spent a lot of money, of course. Uh, and they want to spend a little bit more. So, yeah, we'll just keep an eye on that. Uh, we'll go in the first, kind of come into the end before we get into predictions. But um, get a little bit out of the top, top five for a second. Um, and... Uh, do you think Newcastle are dark horses for a top six spot? I mean, I was impressed with the way they played against. Um, I think it was was it uh against Bournemouth or was it Nottingham Forest? I can't remember. Um, but uh, I think it was Nottingham Forest, right? Um, that they played against, yeah. Um, and so do you, do you see them as 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 someone that could can perhaps uh, challenge for a top six spot? And by top six, I probably mean six. But uh, still, do you think they could do that? I think so. I think they have been uh, brilliant. Even they were really good in the last four or five months of the last seasons as well. And mm-hmm. they have a really good manager. And uh, they've made some really smart signings. I mean, they don't really have a really big squad, but there's some quality there. You know, I think uh, they could be the, you know, what West Ham were a couple of seasons ago, you know, fighting for the sixth spot or even the Europa League. So yeah. I think definitely they have a chance to finish in the top six. Especially, you know, if you look at other teams like Leicester, they haven't made any signings and I think they are going to sell some of their top players as well. So, uh, that fifth, at least sixth and seventh spot is definitely up for grabs. Yeah, it's a bit vacuum there because if you think about it, Leicester a bit off, West Ham didn't really quite impress me as much. Maybe I'm wrong. They didn't. Brighton always seem to flatter to receive and Villa, I don't know what's going on with Aston Villa. I mean, they seem to have all the players that they need, and yet somehow they can't put it all together. So there's definitely a vacuum there for that six. But it's, but it's too early in my. In, I feel that yeah. it's you know, it's one of like the first game week. You you know you're trying to you know, new players in. You're trying to find a new system for other clubs. But definitely, what what's what's been like? What, what, what Newcastle has had a lot of players that they bought last season still continuing. So they have had a lot of time with Eddie Howe and and you know try to kind of understand what what how they want to play and so on. So that was pretty nice to see Newcastle kind of being up there and playing well. But I, it's it's still in my mind, I think that that will top 10 will be there to go. Like from from almost saving saving a relegation to being in top 10 will be the goal for the season. And then they build because then you know they can get better players, they can improve the goal. Like right now the players they have are not top five, like top six finishers. They have players who have all generally finished around five to ten in 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 the in the Premier League history. So it's 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 much more, it just takes a little more not spending, but then getting that quality of players like when they sign like a Jesus or somebody from a top four and then that club kind of starts uh, thinking about top six. Yeah, yeah the forward line is, is a bit of an issue. But who knew Joe Linton could be a good midfielder? Wasn't signed to play that. 
But he plays it. All right, let's get into a little bit of uh, a scope. Sorry, uh, Gorup, you want to say something? Or... Yeah, no. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's get into predictions then. Let's start with the first uh, one. Uh, we've got uh, the first game. We've got Arsenal against Leicester. Gorup, we'll start with you. What do you think is going to happen? Arsenal, Leicester. I think 2-1 uh, to Arsenal. Who's going to score the goals for Arsenal? Uh, Saka yeah. and Jesus. And Jesus, yeah. Cool. Nice. Uh, Gane, what do you think? I think Arsenal, it'll, but Arsenal will score, but then it will be a draw in my mind. Leicester need to kind of, they will have to put up a statement. Otherwise, if they lose this game, then basically everybody knows that they're, they're kind of not going to even, they're not, they're not going to finish in top 15. They're basically going to be then fighting for relegation now, maybe. It's because, if, but, okay. but, if, if, but if they kind of want to kind of make a statement, I think, yeah, that, that's what I, I think it's going to be at 1 1. Draw, mm -hmm. yeah. but Jesus, Jesus scoring maybe for Arsenal. He has to open his account. I think with 3 1, 3 1 to Arsenal. I, I, it's at home. I can't see Arsenal losing. They seem to be undermining a maybe momentum right now. All or nothing, right? They're going for all this year after nothing last year. So, you know, um, yeah, the 3 1. I think I think with 3 1 to Arsenal, I think it would be a nice little atmosphere. First home game as well for Arsenal this season. So, yeah, so I think. All right, let's move well, on. Uh, whenever we think they're not going to lose, no? <laughs> they lose that game. Arsenal. <laughs> Well, you know, we can only offer our, our, our insights. We, we can't be another one to play the game, right? So we just we just go with what we have. So anyway, um, a 3-1 to, to Arsenal as well. I go Manchester City, Bournemouth. I mean, Gaurav, how many goals are Manchester City going to score? Because I know they're going to win, but how many goals are they going to score? Right? That's the question, isn't it? I think it's going to be 4-0. Another oh. base for Halit. A base, okay. Can I? I think it's, it just depends on how, from when they start scoring, actually. Like if it's the first ten minutes, then it's we are up for a seven goal exp exponents or kind of something like extravagance and stuff and so on. But then I feel that, yeah, it could be a it's a high scoring game in my mind. Uh, give me a score. Five nil. Five. Okay, I see your four. I see your five. Um, okay, four and a half. No, I think I don't think Chelsea do a city do six nils. I think the other I think four nil sounds about right. Four and only because City will slow down after this score two or three. Not that they can't score six or seven, I think they'll still slow down. But I think Haaland will get a hat trick, not a base. I'll go, I'll go, I see your base got up, I raise it by one. And I say he'll score a hat trick. That's, that's what I think will happen. Because yeah, uh, and he might he might well he might get a brace if Guardiola decides the 60 minutes that Haaland please come off and just you know um let 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 Alvarez have a go. So that, that's the only reason why I think he might only score two goals, but he plays the full 90. I think he gets a hat trick. I just, yeah, but 4 0, yeah, that's what I'm going with. We know City are not going to concede, though. Now that's something. So, yeah, fairly simple win there. Um, yeah, easy one, easy predictions, right? Um, so far. Uh, we'll do this one as well, just for fun. Brighton, Newcastle, because Brighton played well, Newcastle played well, they're playing each other. This is fun. Tanea, what do you think? I think Brighton will again uh, trump them. Brighton are one of those teams who kind of sustain their performance after a big game. Uh, Newcastle generally has not. They if they win a big game, they they generally slump in form. But then Brighton has that, you know, main, they maintain there. So I think they're they're gonna win it, it two one. Two one. I think it will be a one one draw. I was gonna say the same. I think it's gonna be two two draw. One I'll go two two, but I think it's gonna be a draw as well. Yeah, it's just it's just a draw return over because it's two teams are in form, uh, doing very well, overachieving mid table sides, and yeah, probably gonna be a draw. So yeah, well, we've got an eye kind of in sync right now. Yeah, it's getting almost the same results. Um, yeah, we might not agree on our, on our, on our, on the quality of Manchester City squad, but we agree on the results so far. So cool. Um, Brentford against Manchester United. I think this one might why we might dis disagree though. But let's let's start with you, Gaurav, for this one. Brentford Manchester United. What do you think is going to be the score? 
Uh, it's, a, it's a very tough one. Uh, yeah. Imagine, imagine, that's what I imagine, it's a tough one to predict. Uh, what, what world are you living in? But yeah, yes. Uh, I have a feeling, right? Uh, Ronaldo coming back to the squad, and uh, I think it will be 2 uh, 1 to United. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be a draw, 1 1. Uh, okay, go ahead. It is basically going to be like United score, but then at the end of it, they'll bottle it up. Uh, because Brentford would won't stop pushing and there'll be a mistake or something and then it'll be a draw. Yeah, I see your 2-1 victory. I see your 1-1 draw. I go with a 2-1 defeat for, for Manchester United. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, but you know what? I'll caveat this by saying it depends on what team he picks. If Ericton Hag is picking Maguire, Shaw, McFred, if he's picking those guys, he's definitely going to lose. If he doesn't pick them, there is a chance that they might win. Um, and, and just the lift that it will give the fans that are traveling, the players, for not having those, those guys in there, it might make a difference, but uh, I, I don't know. This this will be, I think, the most important game of Tenhag's way. Because yeah, if he doesn't pick them, if he still continues picking the same players, I think he might be short manager to Anyway, that's a conversation for another day. But yeah, 2-1 is what I'm thinking. I think, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a bad place to be right now, isn't it, to Manchester But anyway, 2-1 uh, to Manchester United, my prediction. Um, yeah, so yeah, so the streak is broken. But uh, all right, uh, Chelsea Tottenham. Uh, Kaneya, what do you think? Chelsea at home, by the way. So yeah, just for this, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that I'm giving them that they will score a goal, but then Spurs will kind of, I, yeah, I think it's it's going to be a three-one to Spurs. Goal? I'll go the same three-one to Spurs. You know, I'm different. I think Chelsea. The one thing that you can count on Chelsea, the fact that they can't score goals and they can then they can save goals. So I'm actually thinking it's going to be a draw or it's going to be a one-nil win to Spurs. I can't decide which one it will be. It will be a nil-nil draw or a one-nil to Spurs. I'll go one nil to Spurs because Conte is, you know, I have a little bit of faith in Conte. I just think that um, Chelsea have a good defensively, so they're not going to get overrun as easily. But the, the real problem is in goal scoring, and I and I don't I don't know if they'll be able to score a goal. So one nil to Spurs is, is my is my guess. But uh, yeah, we'll see. It also depends. It also depends on who starts as well in defense because there was a lot of hamstrings and a whole lot of stretching at the end of like the people were almost like the whole defense was down. Koulibaly was a hundred year old defense. You know? Exactly. I'm like I'm, that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking about. I'm like so he'll he'll know that they are they're limiting they're already limited on 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 fitness in some sense. So that's the reason why I feel that that's the reason why Spurs like Spurs were like full of energy. They did there was no moment like we've seen those preseason trainings where people falling after running sixty minutes or something and so on. But in Chelsea, defense was like crumbling with cramps and hamstrings and touching and kind of feeling their hamstrings in a way. So I think that's one of the reasons why I feel the fitness level is still going to take some time for Chelsea to pick in. Uh, to pick up in a way, and but then that's the reason why I think Spurs will kind of have an easy yeah. go at that. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point, actually. Yeah, no, maybe I might have to change my prediction. But uh, no, I'll stick with it for now. But uh, that's, that's a good observation, actually. Maybe it was just the first, that fight that was the first match of the season. It takes time for fitness. Maybe they have worked on it. Don't know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, definitely, but all the other, I think most of us agree that it's probably going to be a Spurs uh, win. So that's something. Um, yeah, and by the way, Sudan might mention that it's Anthony Taylor's uh, freeze. All they got the conspiracy theory book out, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know that's going to make an impact, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Liverpool, Crystal Palace, or, uh, your prediction for that one, last one? Uh, Liverpool really didn't look that good in the last game, right? So I, I think, uh, again, a 2 2 draw. Wow, uh, Kanea, what do you think? I think Liverpool's going to come back and they're going to show and stomp their authority in some way because they have to after, like, Nunes has to in my mind. 
Like I think the guy most pumped right now with this battle going forward with Haaland is Nunes, and he will be like, he can't, he won't like, he'll be like just get me on that pitch. Uh, I I want to prove. And 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 what was very interesting to see against uh, Fulham in a way was like Salah was almost not central anymore. He was on the right. He was like right keep he kept there and he he assisted eventually Nunes for the first goal. But then the second goal was just a luck, and then you know he touched and Salah scored. But I think. Klopp doesn't. He 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 will be really. He he would want a reaction. He and they generally Liverpool generally after after such a match, when the first first game after the Community Shield in a way, they 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 would have like what happened to us. Um, Thiago, I don't know what what's his injury status right now. Is is oh, he out? For a month. For a month. He's out for a month. Yeah. So, so I guess so that that. And, but then, Elliot. Elliot. Harvey Elliot is there, so they don't have a problem there. So I think it's it's going to be. But then yeah. It's Liverpool. All I think they will win comfortably, and Salah will kind of do what he does best here. He'll prove why he's still the most liked or loved player in Liverpool, um, and and kind of because he has to. He he was given a big contract as well. He has to prove himself again in a way. Uh, he he almost feels like a new signing with Nunes, and like that 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 combination has to work. So I feel that like Liverpool will kind of stomp them four one in my mind. Four one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, for my, I mean, yeah, I'm probably going to go with 3 0. And the reason why I go 3 0 is I don't think I was a Crystal Palace at that point against Arsenal. I don't think they were. I know people said they had that big mini period where they were, they, they came up against Arsenal, but I don't think they did enough for me to, to believe that they can trouble Liverpool. So, yeah, I, I think I think Liverpool will have a comfortable win against Palace. They generally seem to do well against Palace anyway. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those teams, isn't it? So, anyway, yeah, I think it'll be, you know, you know uh, Salah has never scored in uh, second game week ever in the Premier League. That's a streak, okay. actually. Uh, for for the last five years, he's never scored a goal in well, the second. That, well, he's he's then that means he is he has to break that streak then. Yeah, you're embodying the Shikan, I'm embodying others. You're stealing other people's gimmicks. I'm just saying, yeah, somebody might put a copyright claim on the stealing gimmicks. But it's an interesting stat, though. I didn't know that that he hasn't scored for the last five years in the second game week. Yeah, I just uh, saw that on a you know official FPL page that he has never scored in the second game. Yeah, well, that's an FPL pick for you guys though. If you do, if you want to pick Salah or not, make that decision based on that particular stat that God has given us. But uh, yeah, I mean, he doesn't need to score though. That's the beauty of having Diaz and and Nunes and, and the others. He, he doesn't need to score, so you can just get a couple of assists. So yeah, um, this is another change revelation, but that's a very interesting stat. Thank you, God, for that. Um, all right, so we're done with the predictions. One final prediction. Uh, it's not a game prediction though. Uh, well, as you got to start off with this one because this is not Premier League related at all. So apparently, Barcelona will have to leave out two players uh, from their weekend squad that they cannot sign. Um, who do you think the two players are going to be got? If you were Barcelona, who are the two players that you would have to leave out? I think uh, Chris Jensen and uh, Casey. Those are the two you leave out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I, would you go with that? Imagine that the leaving out your two big free agents. I think. I think. I think they're gonna leave out Depay in my way, in my mind. I have. Well, no, they can't leave him out though. They have to. No, but then, like, the like they have out, to. Yeah. Like, but but then he'll kind of go in. My, I think, but in my in. in no, they cannot register two of the new signings. So to this one, the new signings. So Depay is not a new signing. So he'll not be there anyway. Go look at the two new signings. So unless 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 he leaves in a way, right? Unless he he leaves and then they can still register him. And still register one of them, but then yeah, if yeah, but I don't think he's gonna be in the next two days, that's highly unlikely. And then because they got to register today, right? So I don't think they're yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. So I think yeah. they have activated the fourth lever, and haven't they? Yeah, but that means that they can they can now register four. I think they made six signs, they can register yeah. four, but they have to leave out two. So that's yeah, that's the thing. So yeah, out of the 16 signings, can I who do you leave out? 
I think Christensen and Kessie. That's the most mm-hmm. simple options in a way. Poor guys, yeah, they came on free transfers and everybody wants them to be left out. No, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does it does make sense in some ways. You can't live out Lewandowski, you live out Kun, they probably need Kunde as well. Um, and Rafinha has been pretty good. Um, and Dembele has got to be registered again. So, yeah, they probably want to keep that. Yeah, I guess it's the obvious one, isn't it? Because I guess they're start, they, have, they have enough defensive options and midfield options, yeah. Sad, but logically, you guys are right. It is probably going to be Christensen and Kessia. Would, yeah, you know what? Somebody could sign them up. They apparently have an escape clause. So, yeah, somebody could bring them in. But anyway, um, on that note, let me in the comments. What did you think about all the things that we spoke about? Uh, if you have something that you want to look out for this weekend as well, let me know. Always happy to hear your thoughts, of course. Thank you so much, Gaurav. Thank you so much, Kaneya, for joining me on the show, sharing your thoughts. It was nice and fun. Um, I like that Gaurav's got this whole gimmick of like stealing other people's gimmicks now. And again, it's like just, uh, it's just wonderful. Um, yeah, but, but thank you. I really appreciate you. It's, it's very good to have you. Um, yes, and uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, do remember to smash a like for Gaurav and for Kaneya if you enjoyed the insights. Uh, and do subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook. We appreciate your support. Got a few match. There's a lot of games coming up this weekend, and we're doing match reactions for that. And so, if you subscribe, you get notified for when those videos drop. So please do that. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you again soon. Bye bye.